Welcome to Talk Music to Me. I'm your host, Erin Sell, and I am an avid music listener, lover, and concert goer. I ended up going to over 40 shows for the year that I turned 40 and had the idea that it would be fun to sit down and talk to some other music lovers and see what their passion and what drives them to listen to music and and bring those discussions to you. So let's go ahead and dive right into our first discussion. I am super, super excited for our guest on today's show. We have the fabulous and talented Anjali Arillo. Ow! Hi, everybody. So, Anjali and I met, I can't honestly even remember how long ago. I think it was 11 years ago. Yeah, I would say about that. At least 10, yes. 10, 11 years ago, something like that. And we actually met sitting at a sushi bar in Maui, Hawaii. Yep, Kapalua. By chance. Yes. Complete no, and total not by chance. chance. Well. No, no. It was the universal interference. That brought us together. Because and said, you, you and must it be It was the friends. only seat available, so I didn't have an option. And I was hungry. And y'all were nice enough to let me join y'all. And that's how it all happened. I feel blessed every day that you're my friend and in my life. So thank you. Yes. So fast forward. Yeah. Um, so 10 years later. Um, if not more, right? Well, 10 plus years right. later. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. 10 plus years later. Um so Anjali has done all kinds of amazing things in the amount of time that I've known her, including <laughs> spending how long in Germany, living yeah, in Germany, two years, um, traveling around Europe and cooking, traveling around and skiing, more skiing, lots of skiing, more and more, more skiing. and more skiing because I lived in Vail. Yeah, I was gonna say moving from Vail. Yeah. She's now in Telluride. Yes, and you're doing a. A show yeah, on DJ. the local um, Telluride station. Yes. So Anjali has her own show called Sweet Beats. Sweet Beats. And her radio name. I'm the DJ Raging Cajun. Which I love. And it's so perfect <laughs> because for those of you that don't know Anj, she is from New Orleans. Yes, ma'am. So, so it's in my blood. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. So, I mean, that's kind of a little bit about you. So what else would you like to tell our listeners wow. about yourself? Oh, my gosh. Who knows? I mean, there's... You, you have know, so many amazing stories. Yeah, I have some really awesome... Especially when you talk about music. For I have real. to admit, I have been very blessed that, you know, from a very young age, I was introduced not only to, you know, the modern rock at the time, which was like in the early 80s my mother and father were generationally different my dad was like 12 years older than my mother so my father who was born you know like in the 30s loved big band music and he was a jazz musician and played the saxophone and the clarinet and the piano and you know he had a music room so he was always just jamming out and he would go play with his friends down on bourbon street and you know like it was just such an awesome thing and then here's my mom who's 12 years younger than my father who's you know, a product of like, you know, kind of the mid early sixties, I would say. And she loved Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Joe Cocker and had that 
love the scratchy voice like JB from Widespread Panic, which I who I just absolutely adore. Same kind of thing. Like so I was lucky that I was really introduced to like different genres of music from a very young age. And then as well, I, I had siblings, older siblings. I'm the youngest of four, so my sister, who's 12 years older than me, was into Kiss and into Fleetwood Mac and into, you know. And then I have my brother, who's like into Black Sabbath and into all this like heavy metal and all this stuff. So I was just inundated with different aspects and genres of music from, I'd say from conception, right. honestly. So like you as well. Do, yeah. So how do you think that that has formed your relationship with music over the years? Because oh. I know for me, like, I'm pretty much... Like it all. Yeah, exactly. Um, you appreciate all of it. Yeah. And I know that from looking at, like, like, your collection of LPs of your father's is, like, should be in a museum almost. It's so amazing. Just how many do, how many do you have? Like 200 or something? I mean, you must have a ton. You have a ton of record. LPs. Like, yes. Not, you know, eight tracks. I'm talking, like... Out of the box LPs, it's, like, it's it actually awesome. funny that you say that because I I heard on the radio, I believe it was yesterday, that the White Stripes, um, Jack White is releasing his newest album on cassette. Oh, how and cool I'm thinking, is that? There's like 36 people who are going to be able to listen to it. Right. Yeah. And that, that's exa- I'm like, at least people still... But you know what? That is cool. But because it is cool. how awesome was it? I don't know if you remember, but I remember some of the most fun times of my life was making mixtapes. Oh, my God. Because I like, loved mixtapes. Oh, like, wham, and like, oh, I'm so I'm crying, because it's like, oh, they broke up with uh, yeah, me in right? eighth grade. Oh, so then you make, make a breakup tape. You make a breakup tape. Mixtape, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I think that you make, is... like, the love tape, and then yeah, you make the breakup tape. Right. And, oh, it's like, I guess, represents the... Th- the fabrics of uh, who we are, I believe. Music does that. It, it really does. It really oh. does. And I believe that it is passed down, you know, that love of music. So not only do I love music, but I was lucky enough to play music. And, you know, now I'm learning the mandolin, actually. My friend gave me a mandolin. And he's, an, like, an amazing banjo player who has sat in with awesome bands and whatnot. And he's teaching me the mandolin, you know, and... When you love music, it becomes you. It's part of who you are. And I see that with you. I mean, like you, you just did, what, 40 shows in one year? How, well, what, 40 what, shows 40 in about 40. six months. Six months. I mean, even yeah. better. Like, that's insane. And all in, mostly in, mostly, how many? Like, mostly in Denver. Um, they were a couple out of state. Yeah. I would say maybe two. And, and Germany. You went... One in that yeah. okay. Well, so one out of yeah, one, one, one in one in Germany, one in Texas, and I think I think all the rest were here in, Penny, in, Colorado. in Colorado. I mean, how lucky mm-hmm. are we that we get this kind of music here? And I live in Telluride, this you know small mountain town, and we get festivals like you would not believe. We get we just you know we had Beck, we have right. We just and, had and Beck was at the. Um, and then he came to Red Rocks like after, but you know, like Jazz the, Fest. No, this year, he was or? at the Ride Fest. Right, so we have the Ride okay. Fest. We have the Jazz yeah. Fest. We have the Blues and Blues. Yep. We have Bluegrass. We have all these festivals where we get these absolutely insane musicians. You're lucky there. It's, we are, but so I mean, Denver is just yeah, yeah. inundated with music between Red Rocks, between the Fillmore, between like Fillmore. Is that here? Fillmore. Yeah, Fillmore. Yeah, yeah. Fiddlers. Fiddlers. Yeah. Fiddlers. Yeah. I mean, it's um, awesome. So we yeah. are very lucky. Oh yeah. But it's not just that we're lucky; it's that we that we 
go to it's not like we go to these shows. So, so that brings me to a question. Yeah. What is what is the um, farthest you've ever traveled for a show? Okay, so that's a really good question. And like I I want to to say not that maybe you didn't just end up there, but you actually purposefully made Decided a decision to go. to go there. You know, I would say it was most likely New York MSG or like for the Grateful MSG, Dead. MSG for those Madison of you that Square don't Garden. know. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Madison, Madison Square Garden uh for Fish or Grateful Dead. Chicago for sure when I was really young. This was in like I think like 93 or 92 at a Soldier Field in Chicago. So that was like a big deal cuz I was like 17 at the time. Or 18, maybe. Yeah. I convinced my mother and father to let me travel to Chicago to see the Grateful Dead. They didn't know what the hell I was, you know. Right. They're like, are you insane? Yeah. I'm like, maybe. I don't know. They're like, cool, go. Just I'm trying home. to think, like, when I was a kid, if I ever went anywhere far. I, I don't I don't think I did. I think the farthest was I went was, like, Kansas City. And, you know, I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. And... Um, but that's but, still like when you're young. Like, well, I, like that was okay. Still, wait, that was but like, like an hour. Okay, so here's that's something funny. Like I won tickets to Robert Plant. I was calling not to try and win tickets. I wasn't even listening to the radio station. I was actually calling because I was grounded, and I was in eighth grade. And you were just bored. And I, no, I was calling to because they would always do the high school football scores. And I was grounded and I couldn't go out. So you wanted to find out the score? So I was trying to call and find out the score. And I call and they're like, you won Robert Plant tickets. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you won two tickets to Baton Rouge. Which from New Orleans, that's a a distance. That's an hour, hour and a half, you know? And I'm like, okay. You're like, shoot, I'm grounded. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I'm like, and I'm in eighth grade. My mom's not probably going to want to go. Maybe. I don't know. So I offered it to a friend of mine who was older who could drive. Because drink, drinking age, okay, that was 18. Oh, yeah. But the driving age was 15. So I was like, okay, I'm not, I can't drive, but my friend can. So maybe my mom, my mom was like, oh, hell no, you're not, you're not going to Baton Rouge. But that was really cool because, like, I knew who Robert Plant was in eighth grade. Like, I love leads. I, I was a, you know, a lead head in, in middle school. Like, I love Led Zeppelin. So I was like, son of a... I was like, Mom, so come you on. didn't get to go. No, I didn't, didn't get to go. go. So I what did you ground. do with the tickets? I gave them to my friends. Oh. Uh, sure boyfriend went. Rachel. But I, that's still a great that's story. That's okay. It's a great but, story. I have, I have a very similar story. I got in trouble. And my mom ended my mom ended up taking my friends to the show and I had to stay home because I was yeah. grounded. I've had that oh, I know that feeling. I'm like, Really? Like, I mean, that's... That happened to me in Florida. My mom took my friend out to dinner and yeah. left me at home. Yeah. Because I was smoking cigarettes. So, so, I have, I have I, a few other questions yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. Um, so, I want to know, what's the first album that you remember buying on your own? Like, actually going into okay. the store, spending your own money on it. Not that you, like, said, hey, mom, will you buy... Whatever. No, no. That I, you actually, I like, totally remember. I feel remember. like it's a... I totally it's remember. A, it's a it big was purchase. A Touch of Grey, Grateful Dead. Nice. I was in sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. This was like sixth grade. Let's see. This was like 88 or something. So we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, but mine was um, Prince. Prince and the Revolution, Around the World in 80 Days. And the reason I bought it was for 
Raspberry Beret. Raspberry Beret. Okay, now I had Purple Rain. Okay, yeah. From an LP that my sister had. So I didn't have to buy it. Right, right. So like you were, okay, so I had all that given to me, but the first one I spent my own money on was A Touch of Grey. And I have to say, that's because my friend Audrey's father built... And it makes built, sense, knowing yeah, you. Knowing me, yes. I am not surprised that in sixth grade, I was wanting to mm-hmm. listen to the dead. Because in eighth grade, I was grounded again. And I s- skipped out of my house and got a taxi and had a ticket to the Uno Lakefront Arena and went to a Grateful Dead show. And I was in eighth grade <laughs> by myself. <laughs> oh my goodness. That yeah. is fantastic. It's true. So, so... I've been a dead fan for a while. For for a couple years. <coughs> yeah, I would say a few. Decades. So, be, <laughs> because I'm familiar with, with you and what you like, um, this question, I feel like it's a little bit stacked. But I would like to know which band have you seen the most times in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. And, and she's... Spoiler alert, she's not going to say The Grateful, Grateful Dead. Dead. No, it is without a doubt widespread MF Panic. Who, hell yeah. I just, I can't even tell y'all. I am a jam bander. I love the energy behind it. I love, you know, how they just allow the music to take over and they, they just keep going or they stop or they go in this like there's no I think that's what I like about it because that's me I don't follow a path I don't follow I go off on tangents and find my different path and and that's what music they're kind of that jam band kind of music just hits me to the core personally you know? And can I just say that that is like one of the things that I love the most about you and probably oh, what, so <laughs> what has drawn me to you oh. as, you know, our friendship has grown over the years. Oh, Honestly, like, um, you know, I feel like, I definitely feel like friendships um, are formed through music. For sure. And, you know, I, I'm just going to say like widespread is a great example. I, I was never... So much of a jam band person. And I dated someone who was. Right. And right. I really never even thought that I would get there. Right. With the jam bands. And I did. And then since then, I've actually grown and really actually come to love them. Yeah. Hallucinogenics uh, help a lot, too. Let's well, not lie. That is true. <laughs> uh, that helps. But what that does is it, like, the core of who I am. It's a part of who I am. And when you seek it out and you decide to go and like, you can spend your time doing anything. And I wanted to go listen to this music. And I also, I'm not going to lie. It really helped that the guy I was dating at the time, loved the dead, loved widespread, loved fish. And we were, you know, in college in the nineties when they were at their peak. Like I was telling you, you know, you look at the shows widespread did in the nineties, it's over a hundred. And then you look in, you know, two thousand, right. of course they're getting older. I, I was lucky. I was there when they were vibrant and young and excited and they were struggling in a lot of ways. They were new. They had to they had to like make it. They wanted to make it. There's that drive. 
and you plateau after a while. You get 50, you get 40, you've been traveling, you've been doing it for 30, 40 years. It's like old bag now. And you plateau. I didn't get that with the dead. I mean, with the dead I did because I was at the end of their reign right. when Jerry died. I saw that Las Vegas show in 95. I mean, that changed my life, you know? And then, like I was telling you, I had to make the choice. I had to either go to summer school at University of Montana or follow the dead. And I'd already signed up and I couldn't disappoint my parents. And I decided not to go on tour with the dead anymore, go back to school. I ended up in New Orleans. You know, my mom asked me to pick up dry cleaning on August 9th at her hoity-toity, you know, dry cleaning service. And here I am sitting there, you know, a hippie, you know, wannabe, not wannabe. I, I just absorbed the culture. I loved it. I loved the freedom of all of it. And here I am sitting there after I've been at the zoo all day with my friend from Tus, uh, Chattanooga, who's also a huge dead fan. You know, we just decided to go to the zoo in New Orleans and hang out. And They don't have CNN playing at the zoo. And here I am all of a sudden I'm looking up and it shows Jerry Garcia and his, you know, birth and death date. Just like Tom Petty the other day. That's how I, I was like, what? How, what? 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 And I'm here I am bawling, crying around these, you know, women, you know, who have no idea who, who this person even is. There's no relevance in their lives at right. all. Right. And I could care less. I cried. I sat there and people were like, I'm like, stay away from like, Well, and, and let's, just, let's just talk about that a little bit more just because... These are people that we've never actually met personally. I mean, obviously, Personify. like... Exactly. If, if, if I find out tomorrow that you're dead, like, that's going to affect my it's life. You're one so of my favorite, right. favorite people well, in the you. world. But hearing that, you know, Joey Garcia or Tom Petty or Prince or whoever it may be passes away... There, there's the a, there's a moment in time that just stops. Exactly. And you, you know it's over. I think that's it. It's the morta- the finality of it. I so I mean the the loss of the 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 talent, the musician, the love of it, the heart. But do you think that it goes deeper than that? Uh, do you yeah, think it's, it's also fun. I mean it's it's a part of like our our past is gone. It's a part of our future is gone. It's it like reflects part of who on we our are. own mortality yes, exactly. and like I mean, and I was, I mean, we're talking about 1995, I was 20 years old. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, I, I can't imagine having been 60 and then having happened. And they've been already playing for 40, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like to have been with them in Haight-Ashbury. I, my parents were very lucky I'm, that I, I mean, wasn't born in like 1950. And I Because my ass would have been living in San Francisco, following the dead, Tripping my brains out. I'm sorry, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Following Bob Marley around. I mean, these were people who really mattered to me. And now, being, you know, I'm 42 or who cares, whatever. I know that they spoke the truth. Right. Well, I mean, Their like, music I get, represented I get goosebumps right? when I, like, set foot at hate Ashbury and like see Jerry's house that they lived in or see Janice's house that she lived in and the fact that they like music now it's about in in my mind in a lot of ways it's about money it's about publicity that is not what it was about it was about sharing that joy what music brings you 
It fills your soul. It satisfies satisfy my soul. That's a song he sings. Satisfy my soul. Like, it goes so deep, like you're saying, that you never forget it. My father would always say, I wish you annoying kids would re remember your homework like you can these songs that come on the radio. Right. Why? Because it's lyrical. It's vibrational. It's energy. It's life. It fills you. It consumes you. It almost owns me. It owned me. I was crazy about find going to see the dead. No, well, like I'm saying, I mean, like, and I'm not going to lie, like, and taking drugs and, like, like experiencing, like, this other experiencing world. Experiencing life. Experiencing and, life. And I think and that music helps opening you experience up, life in a different way. Opening your head, opening your mind, opening your soul, allowing love in, and that's what it gives you. You are in a space of people who are all sharing this idea this, and it's your energy you're sharing the same moment in time and space yes. that like you can't ever you recreate, recreate or, or yeah get again. It, it, it's that's what it's i love about cooking it's amazing well that's why thing. i think i'm a chef and i'm not a lawyer or i'm not a doctor because when i cook when you eat it it's done like True. when a concert's over it's you done you can't have that back again. i've tripped my brains out and i swear to god as soon as they finish playing I, i'm like whoo i'm back it's like, boom. You eat that last bite of dessert, experience is over. Now, it, you don't forget it. You get but to take that memory with you. But you take it with you. And it becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And that's why I think something like food, something like traveling, something like music, something that it goes beyond, it goes deeper than what we're conditioned to accept in a way. You know, it's like it goes deeper than just the mundane existence that we have and when you well, get and, that and, and, and shared, i would say you, like you you combine those i mean like seriously like you combine travel music um food wine yeah like what, what? better combination <laughs> can you Come on, everybody. <laughs> and, and these are all things that you just like hold dearly in your yeah. life like it, it I mean, it is one of the reasons probably that we're as good of friends as well, we are exactly. is because we have such, we have such common ties on that. In Hawaii. We, we met traveling. That's it. Um, and it was immediate. Like when you find those people, there's, it, it, like I said to you, it wasn't like nice to meet you. It was like, oh, you finally showed up. Here's your seat. I, I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that when you go to a show, you initially, there's that common bond of love, of sharing, yep. of music, of energy, of vibration, of creation. I mean, when I listen, like, for example, you know, I listen, I, one of the fondest memories I've ever had was my first show, Widespread Panic Show. When you, when you listen to them at that time, 1991, they had only been, you know, touring for maybe five years or less. That is their soul. That's their true drive. That's what they want to express to the world. It really is. I mean, it's insane. And we were talking about Tom Petty, you know. They started playing together at 17 years old in Gainesville, Florida. Tom Petty convinced their keyboard player to not go to college. His father was like a federal judge or something in Louisiana. And he was like, fuck it. You know? Like, music is what matters. This is going to make you who you are. And the guy was like, you know what? I'll take the chance. 
Yep. And then, years yeah, later, exactly. he's like, thank God I did thank this. God. I could have been a lawyer. I could have been miserable. Yes. Right? Instead, and instead, I spent my life doing what I want. What I love. Right. And when you love what you do, it's not work. Right. That's what these guys say. I'm silent you. It's like, I'm not surprised that these guys die at 66, 67, 70 years old. They're running marathons every day for us. Not for themselves, maybe for them, but for us. They're doing it like they don't they... have to do two hundred. I mean, after you make a million bucks or two or three or five, or, when is it enough? It 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 can't be about money. It's love. It's them wanting to share it. Like like I just you know we were just looking at that first show I went to at Tipitina's, nineteen ninety one, and how young were they? So young. So, so young. young. Widespread panic. Like you see JB, he's young. And he's, he's like a baby. He's a oh baby. my god. You know. And he's excited, and that drive is just like so. You can feel it. It's it's like contagious. I think that's what it is. Music is contagious. You know, music feeds it. your soul. Oh, it does all those all those things. I mean, how lucky are we? So let's let's move on to. I want your best show ever, and why it was your best show. Okay. Wow. Which is a, it, it's a tough one. I, know, I get I'm it. Like, okay. I, and if you want, I can give you a minute to talk about or no, think about thinking. it. Because no, it's a cool. That's a, I mean, your best show ever. I know I would have a hard time. In fact, I, I go through this. Pretty often. I, I yeah. feel like it changes. Exactly. It, it, it depends on where I'm at. Well, um, that's only because you didn't experience what I'm about to talk about. Okay. Which is the last Grateful Dead show I saw that one. I saw the last, the last show I saw was Las Vegas. It was, okay, so it was August 20th and 21st, 22nd, I think, or maybe, no, it was 19th, 20th, 21st, Las Vegas. What year? Do we know? 95. 95. And that's when Jerry died. Oh. August 9th. So I went to the show in, wait, that can't be right. Yeah, May. It was was May. May. And then he died in August, June, July. Huh. Yeah, because I had to go to school. God damn, why did I choose? To go? I could have gone on like three months more right, you tours. But no, I had to because I, you know, committed. fucked up. No, I fucked up my freshman year and I was like doing this and I was doing that. And I had to retake some classes. And my boyfriend at the time was like, screw these classes. Let's go finish on tour. And I was like, I can't. I already signed up for it. Blah, blah, blah. You were being responsible. Yeah. Don't be responsible <laughs> if music's involved. Go for the music. But that was that was my last dead show. And that show was those that weekend was like unbelievable because like I said, I, I had to make that choice. So it was like the perfect combination <coughs> of yeah. music and like maybe maturity in a way, turning like into a little, yeah. yeah, like you're kind of like this is my big bang before I become I, an adult. I go back to being responsible. responsible, which only lasted for like a couple of months, right? But long Does enough, it ever last? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As you know, I'm, I'm I'm an adult in you know a young adult's life <laughs> or body I would say you know but no it's true so I would say that show it was a lot of things it was the fact that I was really happy just in my life you know I was it was probably what I consider to be the best time of my life 93 to probably 98 
when I was in college. Those were good years. Those were the I, best. I mean, like I was saying, you know, you look at the the widespread tour, you know, shows I went on. I mean, you know, I I was so lucky. Fish, widespread, Grateful Dead, show after show after show after show after show after across the U.S. Like everywhere, there was no holds barred. We would go wherever we had to go to make it happen. And I was lucky. Like for example, I saw Fish in Bozeman. At this tiny little theater, there were maybe like 300 people, and they'd close off the balcony. And for some reason, like we snuck up and nobody bothered us, and we were the only ones seated up, looking down at fish with maybe like 250 people, you know, 300 wow. people. Yeah. yeah. So we were. Really- I, I do feel like it was a better time to just like see music back then, and now. Like, it's a little more generic, I would say. Well, I think part of, of I think honestly, I think part of the issue now, and this is this is my own pet peeve, is the scalpers. Mm. Like I'm really, really over the scalping, and I'm not. I mean, it happened back then. It definitely happened back then. It just wasn't as like widespread, right? Right. Uh, going, uh, uh, no pun intended. I love it, uh, but it it truly wasn't. Like it's. You can't, I mean, for example, I tried to get tickets to Tom Petty this summer at Red Rocks, and scalpers were, like, they went and bought up all the tickets. Right. They were selling tickets for one seat at Tom Petty at Red Rocks for over $500. Oh, my gosh. Like, how did that even, I don't, how does I, even, how does that even happen? I don't know, and I don't understand why it still happens, and something needs to change in I the totally industry to stop it from happening, because... Because it's music, ridiculous. And it the is. thing is, is like, I was lucky enough that I got to see Tom Petty about, I'm going to say it was probably about 15, 14, 15 years ago. I, I can't remember exactly what year, but it was him at Red Rocks with Jackson Brown, which was like one oh, of my wow. favorite shows ever. Um, because I love them both. But, you know, um, the thing is, is like, it shouldn't be that difficult for us to be able to go to shows no, and get music, tickets. it's not about that. It isn't. That's it. And, and now it's become another just capitalistic, right. you know. And the thing is, is it's one of the things that Tom Petty actually that's, I was just thinks about. Say, like, he, he fought sings, against. Exactly. No, I mean, he, he was. Fought, yeah, he, he fought. He sings yeah. against it. And I'm just like, yet it's still being used against, I mean, not against him, I guess, per se, but. Against his fans, like his true sure. fans that want to see him and oh, that, were unable to. That because... actually drove him not bald. Right. That was and his... so it just, it it makes me really sad that like, you know, that's like my, it's but not it's my like memory anything, of him but it, going but, 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 out. But, but it's like anything that's happening in the world. Right. It's like the demand is outweighing what's available. So they can, it's like... But it's not even but that. It's like, like, it's it like is. these... If, if Red Rocks only has, you know, 20,000 seats... Right. Well, they have about 9,000 seats. Okay. And okay. They, See, he did, here he did so, a couple okay. nights. If they have 9,000... So, they have 9,000... tickets that they got to sell. Let's say 9,000 people are willing to pay $150. Right. But the problem is, is that they're selling it to scalpers that are then jacking the prices That's up the to problem. $500. There needs to be a way to prove that... Like, like well, they, I'm not well, a scalper and I'm not going to go buy up hundreds of tickets and then turn around and resell them. Well, That's thought, the issue. Yeah, I agree with you totally. And I think that there should be, without question, like a cap. On, and there is a... Because there, there we used to have to sit on the phone, man, for hours. Right. 
It sucks. And you, and do and you even have, know? I mean, we were like, damn, man, we better get tickets because right? you would sit on the phone for hours. Yeah. I have sat on the internet for hours and still gotten not gotten the seats. And then I end up having to go through a scalper to get a ticket to a show that they just that I should have jack a ticket to. Yeah. I'm a fan. I They're buying like, it for profit. Profit. It's such bullshit. I it agree is with bullshit. you. Okay, so, so maybe that's another show. Because I think that you know, I think that's really a valid point, and I think it needs to be addressed. Because I don't, I'm sure that there are thousands of people who agree so with you. So my my plan for this show <coughs> is to actually um, bring on. I want to talk to Access. I want to yeah. talk to Live Nation. I want to talk to Ticketmaster. Yep. Because quite honestly, I don't understand even even places like the Ogden or the Gothic or. You know, the Bluebird, the Fillmore, Pepsi Center. Because I know for a fact, like, this, um, was it this year? I'm like, I have been, no, maybe it was last year. Yeah, you're like on a roll. I've been to so many shows, but like, we've waited to get tickets until day of show and ended up getting better seats than I could find when I was trying to buy tickets for months prior. I don't understand how that happens. Where do those tickets come from? It's not like people sell them back. To right. Pepsi Center. No. You can't not. return a ticket to Pepsi Center. So where were these tickets before? And How do they come back they to you? Now? Why are they now available? It's why are really they available day of or day before, whatever it is? Like You know, I have to admit, I feel like between the two of us, you are way more active in the music scene now than I am, in the sense that I live in Telluride. Yeah. I go to shows I mean the I travel to Aspen. I'll go to Crested Butte, but I don't often come to as many shows in Denver like I used to. When I, you know, so I know that you are actively involved with what's going on in the music scene here, and you see it firsthand. And I, I know it's ridiculous, and it's it seems illegal. It's like it's not. It's not. There's no justification for. Well, I'm sorry, but you're like, charging five hundred dollars for Tom Petty tickets that. I mean, I had a a chance, and this really, I'm upset about this, I have to say. One regret, and I don't don't even know if I told you this, actually, was I had had a three-day ticket for the Hollywood Bowl a couple weeks ago. But I had to, I took, yeah, I took a catering. And so I I was like, no, it's okay, I'll get to see him somewhere else. No, not an option. Okay, so that's one thing I just, I have to respond with, like, I have... I have made a decision in my life that from here on out, like, I am not... Not going to wait. If, if there's a... If, if I ever have that the option and I'm like, no, I can... I'll wait. No. Yeah. No. no. There's no because waiting. You never know when that person I mean, that who you who thought so Janice Joplin was going to die at 20, 28 or... Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or like, okay. Which, I I understand, like, Tom Pet. Oh, yeah, right? Um, I understand. Like, you know, I mean, Tom Petty, 66, 67, but it's like, yeah, you he had a ex- whole tour ahead. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have expected not. that. So you're um, right. And that you also, never know. You never know. You never know. That, uh, that kind of defines, hopefully, who we are as humans. Like, don't wait to do right. anything. I agree. Whether it's and music, it, whether it's truly, take a trip, whether it's study a language or, you know, finish your master's or go to college. I don't yeah. know. Whatever Stop it is, waiting. you have Stop to do. Waiting, Stop waiting. Because you know what? 
You never know you when never know. when your clock's gonna expire or their clock's gonna expire. Well, I just or... told you, and I mean, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be morbid, but I just found out, you know, two days ago that a very dear friend passed away. He's right. 44 years old. You know, you never know. I mean, you, know. you have to. That's how. I, that's why I feel like these musicians are should are idolized because they they go full hundred and two hundred percent. Every time they get on the stage. And when they don't give 200 people, are like, oh my God, they suck. Whatever. And that's when they know right. they're not at their peak. But when these guys, I mean. They're criticized for it. Which, I, I mean. You know. there There's high expectations when you're. That's it. But if you're place. like. I mean, if your only way to keep going is to do coke and heroin. You know. It's going to take a toll on your buddy. Yeah. Alcohol every day. Sleeping in a bus. Sleeping in hotel rooms. Eating crappy food. Not having your family around. I mean, these guys give themselves for us. It is, I mean, I'm sure there are some who use it as a means to an end just for the money. But I would hope that that percentage is small. And I believe in my heart that the majority of the musicians we're discussing, for example, Pink Floyd... Led. They have a message to give out. They want to be a part of the social culture and transformation of a culture, development of a culture. They want to help form a culture, you know, as we need it, as we've needed, because they've been so influential. I mean, think about like Jimi Hendrix, Janice, like we're talking about, you know, Jim, uh, Jim Morrison. Like, I mean, these guys are, they are godlike. You know, they're demigods in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They should be. They're ballers, dude. <laughs> they are. I mean, <laughs> I don't know I mean, what else they, to say. I feel like they transformed the way we listen to music, the way we experience music for I mean, for years and years to like, come. And I, 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 for me, yeah, I think that it's partially like. You know, everything, like, started with, like, let's just say, like, Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. And everything has built and built and built on that. But (coughs) I I can't say that there's been, like, anything, (coughs) like, mind-blowingly transitional. Like, there hasn't been... Like a Led Zeppelin. No. Or a Jim Morrison. No. Or a Beatles. David Bowie. David Bowie. I mean, that hasn't happened. You know why? I don't think there's been the struggle. The struggle. Funny, I just watched something about that the other no, day. No, I'm that... serious. Like, think about artists. Think about musicians. They're artists, okay? But let's think about the arts. It's when mm-hmm. you are hungry. That you produce your best a lot of for times. For something, something for different, something, something for new, some, something, something or a catalyst. Change. Yes. Yes. Some, your, your hunger is what creates those lyrics or creates that canvas or creates, you know, that painting or creates that document or whatever it is. It's the hunger that says, I don't, I will burn all everything to make this work. Then what happens, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, these guys plateau, they're married, they have kids, they're making money, they're making residuals. There's, they don't, the creativity's gone in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yep. They're not struggling. Madonna, she said, I used to eat, you know, out of a 
can. I didn't have anything. I right. pissed in a pot. And look for real. Yeah. That's what drove me. Like, I was going to succeed. I'm going to be a star. I am going to, you know, whatever. But that's where the hunger from where it comes. And I don't feel like a lot of musicians, they're all educated. They're all blah, 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 blah. They've all been blah, blah, blah. A lot or, of them. Or it's like they're found on YouTube because they got they one just, million yeah, views. Yeah. And get, they have zero talent. They have no talent. And, like no reason for them to be a star yet. So who do you they feel like? They somehow get to be a star. I mean, and that's it. And I feel really sorry for kids. That that's what they get that's to look up to. Like, it's and I'm like, like yeah. So who I'm do you so feel like, if you were to talk about, like, this, you know, 21st century influential bands, who who actually resonate? Because you, I mean, I'm an, I, I feel like I'm the old lady who's like, I stick with the dead, I stick with Bob Marley, but now I'm really kind of getting, I don't, it's like, I don't want any more jam bands. I've got mine. I've got, I've got my, my guys, you know? And I love bluegrass, and I love different music. It's not about that, but I'm saying I you're you're so right. It's where none of these this new music has affected me as deeply. And maybe because as I'm older and I'm whatever. But right. who do you feel like now, or 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 bands who you feel like or have the ability to influence? Maybe are the younger generation. Like, I mean, we're talking about, like, Kings of Leon and things like that. Do you think that, like, that is the trend? Or or is it bands don't, we don't I even don't, know? Yeah, I think it's probably bands I don't even know. I know. I'm and, like, I don't even know And, and YouTube these. artists that I don't know. Um, I mean, for me personally, um, I would, I probably would not say that Kings of Leon is, like, an influential band. Um, and partially because they lost my trust because of... Of issues that the band faced and like I was a big fan they lost my trust they which is weird as a band to like lose somebody's trust right but they, I was just disappointed by disappointed them. yeah I, and, I, um, I actually I I have regained that I like them again and I think that they're heading in the right direction I actually really like their new album, Walls. Like, it's Okay. See, it's I don't great. even know they had a new album. And it's... Well, it's not that new. It's probably, like, a year old. Um, but it also brought me back to their old stuff. When I... like, I was like, okay, let's... You revisited. Let's go back. You, yeah. yeah. Um, but but for, because you had a... Found, you had a... I, yeah, it. I already had a foundation yeah. that was somewhat torn down and then... Right, 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 right. Uh, but Mumford and Sons is like okay. I, I, I know. love Mumford and Sons. They are a band that absolutely they what? move me. Like it's a very they 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 have very their lyrics. They move me more than any but their music any is other very band. like very deep. I think yeah, any other new band they move me more. Yeah, I actually um, think I might agree with you. In fact, like I had a trip to Europe, and we were we were looking at where could we go and see a show while we're there, and it just so happened that Mumford was playing Lollapalooza Berlin, and Actually, that was the incentive to. That's go. the only oh, reason we went to Berlin was to see playing. Mumford. They played with they played at Lollapalooza. In they did. Europe. Wow, that is awesome! I didn't yeah. know that. 
Well, we were just talking about that today, like yeah. your trip to Berlin and how crazy it was with like hundred thousand people. Crazy and I would never do it again, but I did but it for Mumford. Yeah, exactly. I did it for Mumford. That's it. Is like, like you, I, you sacrifice your life I in a way. I don't know that there's any other band I would have done that for. Yeah. So I mean that that, that says it all. Volumes. Well, that yeah. was like how I felt. Like when okay, so here I am. You know. I think it was, let's see, 1998 was when Widespread Panic released Ain't Life Grand, mm. right? And so I was a senior in high, in high school, yeah. in college. I wish I'd been a senior in high school. It was, it was in college. <laughs> and um, the guy I was dating at the time, his brother was going to Lewis and Clark in Portland, right? So they were playing on... Saturday night in Portland, and Sunday the release they were releasing Eight Life Grand. So we were like, "Oh hell, we need to go to the show." It was in August. I can't remember when it was, but whatever. So we end up in Portland, and when we get to Portland, Hill's brother Bryson is like, "I know this sounds crazy. I don't have I ever told you the story. I don't know if I have, but he says." I was reading the paper, and I saw this little ad in the classified that said "Widespread Panic Eight Life Grand Acoustic Set," and gave the name of this record store. So we're like, "Well, fuck it, like, let's go check it out and see." You know, yeah. I don't know. It's What's like it we're, hurt? it's it's it can only help because we're going to the show anyway. We have tickets, whatever. So we go to this. You know, it's like a, it's it was actually in. Um, well, I won't say where it was because it was, um, there's a fast forward to where it was. Anyway, so we go to this record store outside of Portland and we walk in and there's maybe space for like 30 people and all just, you know, plastered on the walls or the Eight Life Grand posters and album covers and Whatever, and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, they're, like, yanking our chain. We're, like, been totally had, you know, 6 o'clock, whatever. 6 o'clock, all of a sudden, here comes Widespread Panic, acoustic. They played cover to cover the entire album that had never been released yet, had yet to be released. Here I am, you know, 20, 21 years old, 20 years old, whatever, 22, sitting there like, oh, my God. Is this really happening? And then they signed. We we literally ripped posters down from the wall. Rip. I mean, I have them in storage at my place in Montana. We ripped them out. They signed autographed posters, whatever. And they're like, "Hey, are y'all going to the show?" And we're like, "Yeah, of course we are." So we go to the show, and they're like, "Yeah, this is to everybody you know who's at the record store, or whatever." And we're like, "Oh my god!" So I was like, oh my God, that was like the best day of my life. Well, fast forward to, you know, Ride Fest 2013. No, what is this? 2015, sorry. Telluride, widespread's headlining. I haven't seen Oh, I was there. Oh my God, you were there. Remember we hung out on Saturday. I didn't see you on Sunday, which was the day of crazy for me. Yep. So Saturday, that's right. We like... So, here I am, widespread panic, Saturday, I didn't even, I don't know if I told you this, actually. I think I About 
me taking my friend's daughter to backstage? Oh, no. Yeah, okay. So, I have my friend, my friend's daughter. She's, like, 12. And I'm like, I have VIP passes, so I'm going to sneak you backstage and let's try and, like, let you meet. Because her parents are huge widespread fans from, like, day one, right? So, I bring Lily I like smuggle her back into backstage and Sunny the drummer is standing there and I'm like go talk to him so I end up taking they take a photo of her with the drummer and I don't say anything to him right well that next the next day I have managed to you know get ready to like party for the Sunday show and I go, I see the, the van, the bus come in, right? And I'm like, I gotta ask these guys if they remember about that show in like 97, 98, when A Life Grand came out, right? So I like go backstage and I'm like, hey. And one of the guys is like hanging out on the bus. I go, hey. No, it wasn't one of the guys. It was Jimmy, who was their... Um, Guitar player. He wasn't like the original guitar player, but Mikey, one of their original guitar player, um, died. Mm -hmm. So he like took over. He, you know, he played with like Allman Brothers and everybody and Jimmy Heron. So he's hanging out smoking a cigarette and I go, hey, ask those guys if they remember that show in Portland the day before, Ain't, the acoustic show before Ain't Life Grand was released. And he goes in, and he looks out, and he's like, oh, I can't remember the name of the town, damn. But anyway, he was like, they remember. And I was like, tell him I was there. And it was like 20-something years later. Right. You know, 20, 20, 20 years, basically. Well, they're going to remember still, when an album that they that put was their it. heart and soul like, into. They knew. Out. I stood there and I talked to Dave Schools. And I talked to yeah. JB. And I talked to those guys. I talked to Mikey. And we stood there. Like, I was in college. And they were, you know, 30-something. Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden, they're 50-something. And I'm 40 years old. Right. And... I still felt like I was 20. When I see them, I go back to that time. Like, it, 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 it's, it's infectious. Like, music does not, it becomes part of who you are. And I don't care who you are. And if music doesn't move you that way, then I almost think you might have a problem. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It's I like, I cannot trust people who don't like music. I'm it's with like, you. I don't want to be around people who don't like music. Like, music is the beat of the soul. It, I mean, I'm, you know, and plus I'm from New Orleans. And, I mean, you know, and, I'm not, you know, you're from Kansas and whatnot, but your father, I already know, and your mother, both, like you said. Like, you've had so much musical influence, too, in your life from both of them. And, and when you have that kind of influence from birth or conception, honestly, like, your mother and your father both love music. So when they decided to have a child, like, She's going to love music. Like, and you do. I mean, I'm sure your mother must just be thrilled that you are always traveling. I mean, my mom was like, 
you can't sleep on the ground. I'm not, you can't, I'll get you a hotel. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Mom, I'm going to see the dead in, you know, in Shoreline, California. And she's like, where are you sleeping? Oh, you're going to bring a tent. We're just going to sleep. No, no, no. I'll get you a hotel. I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, that, I know it's not the hippie way, but hey, I still made it. Yeah. You know, you were there. I'm, I was there. I absorbed it. It's a part of who I am. And, and I mean, I could tell you some stories of, thank God it didn't happen, but I thought that I was going to be uh, sleeping in my car in Aspen, Colorado, and was super nervous for that because I was thinking, or what I had heard, was that Aspen, um, you could get like a really big fine for... Um, for sleeping in your car, oh, as in like a five hundred dollar plus fine. Um, thankfully, it worked out, and like I, I don't remember. But you're like, I don't care. I'm going well, anyway. And that was to see Mumford. That was see, a spur that, of the moment again. Like, so I mean, I guess that being said, I mean, my furthest I've gone, yeah, I was gonna is say. is Germany. I, Ber- Berlin, right. would be the furthest I've gone, and that was intentional and deliberate. Completely deliberate. Yep. I've also gone to see other shows in Europe that yeah. were... I know, I remember. I actually adjusted my plans to make that happen. Yep. Um, but those, yeah. I oh, say, I've, I've, I've... Yeah. Oh, I've like... I've skipped weddings. Right. I'm like... Like, sorry. <laughs> like, that's not going to last. But but this show is going <laughs> to, like... You know? Yeah, I mean... Like, fill a part of myself. I, mean, I, I seriously told my mother. I said, you know, my sister was... Is... 12 years older than me. So she was alive when Bob Marley was touring. I mean, he died in 1980. Well, she was... Well, okay, I should give her a little more credit. Because I was like, damn, if I were her, my ass would have been on the road. But she was a a little too young. Because, you know, he died. Yeah, she would have only been, She would have been like... Yeah, or something, right? So... 17? I told them, though. I was like, y'all are lucky I wasn't born. I mean... Even right. when the dead were torn, it would suck. My, I would have hit. I mean, I not oh, hitchhike. Yeah. I would have taken their car or my own car, and I would. My ass would. I know I would have been. I would. I mean, it's like I know me. I know you. I know the drive we have. I know how much we both love music. I know how much we appreciate music. That's the key. Love and appreciation aren't necessarily the same. I know yeah. that you appreciate the music that these musicians create. And, and I think a lot of that comes from like having a father figure like we had, or, you know, a mother figure. Like my father was a musician. So I used to come home after soccer practice. I was exhausted. I'd have to do homework and, you know, I could barely keep my head up eating and whatnot. And I would choose to study in the music room because my father was playing the piano. He was playing the saxophone. He was playing the clarinet. And, it was always a sense of peace and a place where I was felt safe and I was with my father and I had this amazing experience and you know so I feel like music can transcend it transcends just this physical aspect it it, it truly does um in fact I have a recent experience of um I I luckily I got the use of these speakers which I will allow you to use and and try out they're amazing like the best well i say speakers i mean headphones they're headphones they, yeah yeah i do they make yeah. you feel like you are there you're vibrate you're and whole body like, like you 
put those on and you close your eyes and I need to I'll need to look up what they are but you put those on and it just it takes you there and that's it. That's because what I'm I think saying. like, like once you realize can, like how vibration like what you you parallel like we're energy we're vibration music is vibration yep. like I was saying my father used to play like Beethoven on the piano now, every time I hear Fred Elise, I mean, my hair stands up. Right. It's like... Well, it, music can, like, take you back to another oh time. It can take you... It's just like to food. places it's and smell. events and, like, you and know? things that... Yes. I mean, a song yes. can take you to places Ugh. you have forgotten about. Because it resonates it, more yes. deeply. I think, honestly, it resonates more deeply than anything else we're allowed to accept. So let me ask you this. Even more than like sex think, or anything like that. But do you think that that is true of people like you and I or of the public in general? Because I feel like... No, it's, I not, feel like, it's not for the public in general. I don't, okay. I don't and, and, uh, and I would tend to agree with you yeah. on that. I feel like there are people that that I connect with on that level. Yeah. That we, I, And I know. And I like I know whether you're a music person that's or it. not. Like you either connect with me there and we might connect in other levels or right. other what spheres but perhaps or whatever not as deeply but or like if you succinctly like, like you can't fake connecting yeah. with me on a musical level no. like you have to exactly it is or it isn't it, 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 i agree with you 100 percent. actually that's yeah. really interesting like because i think what it does is it it demonstrates like it's an open-minded person. It's someone who listens and who allows their bodies and their minds to be like broken down in a way, relaxed, enjoyed. Like the music, it takes you to places where, it, I mean, it should. Like art, like reading a book, like anything that is personal. These are people who are pouring their hearts into lyrics into music into books into art or whatever any kind of art like that like where you express it's a performance right. art you know ballet so it moves you on a so, level that we're not used to because so often like look we wear shoes every day we're we're just we're disconnected in so many ways from the earth from the 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 source from the vibration from like that that energy and vibration. And why do you think monks practice the bells? You know? The gongs. It's like... Because it goes deeper than what we're... What our eyes see. Why do you think dogs hear things? Animals hear things we don't hear. Because they don't... It's They're not conditioned by what the eyes see. We're so conditioned. It's so bad. It really is bad. Nobody ever takes their shoes off and walks around in the grass and gets their feet wet. I mean, I went out and danced in the rain. And when I I decided to go out and dance in the rain, I didn't even know there was a rainbow. And it was pouring in Tallahassee. It was absolutely pouring. And my friend Wendy and I, my friend Tara, my roommate, I was like, what are we doing? It's raining. Let's go dance in it. Like Bob Marley says, some people get wet, others feel the rain. You want to feel it. I want to absorb it. It's like... Like, somebody's crying. Something's happening. Something's happening. I want to be a part of it. I want to absorb it. I want to connect. So you go and dance. And we walked outside and there was this amazing rainbow. 
that like had we not had that desire we wouldn't have experienced this beauty and i feel like music transcends you breaks you down like well, music I, like i can hear so i cry i'm in my car oh yeah you know i can i can there, I can that, put, you know what I, I mean? can put it. I can put on a, a song right now that immediately, immediately. tears without like, even. I yeah, I don't even have to think about it, and it can take me back to a time, that's right, or a place, or and, a and moment, or a memory. And or food a, does the same thing, and and food maybe doesn't do that for me, right? But, it, but music for me, it does. does. Right, music. So I feel does. like I have like a double boom, right? Where I can smell something, and I'm like, oh my god, I remember. Right. I remember, I remember that day. I remember, I, I remember because it was so significant because the energy. Yeah. It's the, the, it's love. That's it. It's love. It I is. I love that. It really is. I no, that. I mean, I mean, when you allow yourself to accept it, it can come from anywhere. Anywhere. It doesn't have to necessarily be from music. If you're not a musician, it's not music. It could be from, you know, sharing a coffee or whatever. But whatever it is that changes your energy to allow you to be present. Like we were saying, you're present during a show. You're there. You're there for a purpose. Right. It's intention. It's desire. It's all the driving forces that... Don't let you quit desire, you know, drive, love, all these things that energy. And then you get there and you experience it. And then when it's over, you're like, wow, 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 wow. I mean, I wowed for years. I'm still wowing from that Sunday show, July 12th, 2015. Widespread panic in Telluride. I was lucky enough to have been in the center front row against the fence. JB was a spit away from where I was. And it wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I but that's backed how, up. That's how life happens. And I um, knew. I was like, this is cool for everybody else. I'm not supposed to be here. So I backed up and I walked out of the VIP section and ended up behind the VIP tent alone with like three teepees and rainbows everywhere. And I was like, I, don't, I know what these guys look like. I don't need to see them. I need to feel them and hear them. And I danced and I cried and I yelled and I screamed and I kicked my shoes off and I lost my shit for three hours or more. I don't know how long the I show I do remember lasted. the rainbows at that show. Oh, they were, my, oh my God. God. The rainbows Everywhere were, you looked. The whole amazing. weekend. Sunday especially. It was amazing. Sunday yeah. was intense. It, I mean, because it poured on us. It poured and then the And here I was like, out. I was in the VIP tent it and I'm was, like, Government Mule is playing. Right. Come out. I was the only one dancing in the rain. In we the were, VIP we were section. Back I was in, like, we oh, were back in. It. We had like buddies with like food tents and, and so we were back like hanging out with them because, yeah. Well, luckily I was tripping my brains out. So I, 
was super happy to be enjoying the rain. And uh, yeah. it wasn't as intense as Sunday. Sunday was that day. It was, it Sunday was, was the changing day in my life. I would honestly say it was one of the most influential days of my life. To Still, to this day, I'm reeling at this moment because of what happened that weekend. I'm not even joking. Like, I wish I were, but I wish I was joking, but I'm not. Because I'm so cognitive of, like, what happened that day. That I, you know, music can be like an arrow. Where you can pull back and let go of shit and just fly and soar. And... Like, that's what happened that day with White. I mean, and Telluride, as you know, is a very special place. It really is. And that's I amazing. danced, and I ended up in this field behind the VIP tent alone with friends as security guards who said, guess what? This whole space is yours. And I literally kicked my shoes off, and I danced alone for three hours or more. And it changed my life. And if music doesn't change your life, like I was saying, then there's then you need to look more and if, into and like if you've no and if honestly if you've never had that experience, then go for it. You should consider it. Yes. Yeah. Go get sprayed. Go get go have fun. Go go go. Just go and like go explore and go ingest it. That's what it is. It's like I just want to eat it. You know, like, absorb it. I agree. Because it becomes a part of you. I know. Like, these guys know. Widespread knows. Fish knows. Jerry Garcia, he's dead. He knows. He knows the effect. Tom Petty he know. knows. Tom Petty knows. Mick Jagger knows. Prince knows. Beck knows. They all know. Even these gay Do guys, whatever. Like, not gays and whatever, but Jess. dumb for me, like Justin Bieber and whatever. If they affect people, though, and they do, they do. Yep. It's rejection for me, but right. you know, it's attraction for someone else. But exactly. it's not what I choose. But somebody else likes somebody it. Somebody else yep. likes it. Like, however, exactly. like I was saying, my father. I was so lucky to be introduced to. He was a classical pianist, so it was Beethoven and Bach and Mozart and you know. Every classical pianist you could, like, imagine, like, that was, like, what I knew. So, you know, I think we're very lucky, Erin. We're lucky girls. We, maybe we were born under a lucky star or something. I think we probably were. I think we were. So, I just want to say thank you so much for being on Talk Music to Me. Yeah, girl. So, let, let, um, let our listeners know what is the best way to reach you. Yes. Oh, that's so awesome. I would love it. If anybody has any interest in contacting me, you can find me at DJ Raging Cajun on Facebook or DJ Raging Cajun at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Music to Me. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast players. You can also check us out over at talkmusictome.rocks. And we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at talkmusictome. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, and may all your favorite bands stay together.